Hey, it's Mel G, and this week on our little podcast, we're going to be talking choosing clothes as you get older. It's a conundrum. Soup and office parties. How many drinks is okay? If you like the sound of that, then do have a listen to us every Saturday lunchtime from one on Magic. There will be more chat and some great songs thrown in for good measure. Imagine Lulu, gang. Imagine Lulu. I'm thinking she's in a crop jacket, which yeah. is very, very furry. I'm going to say Ewok, but I don't mean it like that. Imagine her in enormous shades. Yes. Love it, a Lulu. Well, a jacket made out of an Ewok. Those no. guys are so cute, I don't know if I could bear that. No, not made out of an Ewok, but just a little sort of cropped, furry oh. jacket. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm down with that. Ewok was was the wrong tack to go down, wasn't it? <laughs> they just they, the they, they, were, they were minding their own business on Endor. Aww. If anything, the Empire came to them. Yeah. They were so cute, those little guys with their spears. Hello, Bush. Hello, Mel. D- d- I'm just going to crash straight on with the conversation because I'm actually interested. <laughs> um, with with the Ewoks, do they feature in all the latest Star Wars films? Because I haven't seen the latest Star Wars films. I'm not going to lie. No, they were just a one-off. <gasps> were they? They were just a one-off in Return of the Jedi. But they made such a big impact, didn't they? They were huge. I think out of all of the little creatures that were in the original Star Wars, they were my favourite. I had loads of little Star Wars figures, Ewoks. Yeah. And I wish I kept them because they're worth loads of money now. Oh, are they? Oh, oh, and they yeah. had the little cowls, didn't they? The little sort of leather cowls. Yes, you have so many good words for clothes, Mel. Like at the start of the show, you said a stole, and I don't even know what a stole is. What's oh, a stole? Matey, come is that on. a bun? No. A stole is like a fur... Uh, a fur has to be fur, I think. Yeah, it's a sort of fur scarf that becomes like a wrap and a stole. Yeah, I, I reckon every week on the show I learn a different item of clothing. Yeah, it's not a muff. A muff is the fur item that you put your hands into, into yeah. when you go skating. Absolutely. Or if you're in War and Peace and you're going across the furry, uh, the furry, the snowy uh, <laughs> landscape of Russia. I like that. Well, at least I know when to use one. Yeah. Good. Yes. Now, talking of clothes, Bush. Uh huh. Talking of clothes, we love to talk. We love to talk sartorial on the show. Um, I've got a bit of an issue. Okay, I left the house this morning and I looked down at what I was wearing and I just thought, this is actually getting ridiculous. I've got a pair of purple DMs on and some dungarees and yeah. a large red furry. I'm going to say it again, Ewok esque jacket. Yeah. And I'm just thinking. What the heck is going on? Are we crashing in on our kids' wardrobes? That's another thought that mm. occurred to me as I left the house this morning. No, I think you look good. I think you can you can pull it off. You can carry that look. So don't you worry about that. I, I do. I do find it interesting though. Like what? At what stage do people dress the way they're going to dress for the rest of time? Yes. You, you know, like when old people old people have got a certain yeah. look, haven't they? Is there like a set like outfit style that you think right? That's me done now. There's no more progress. I'm just going to wear this. Like old people kind of wear things that they would have worn probably in the 70s or 80s, wouldn't they? My mum in the 70s, and she was was only in her 30s, Mm -hmm. was wearing tweed. (laughs) Quite a lot of tweed and a headscarf. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? There was a real gap between what she wore and what I wore. Whereas now we all merge, we all borrow each other's clothes. It does concern me, Bush. Should we be dressing more Old. What would be then the kind of outfit if you were going to dress more old? What do you imagine that being in your mind? I'm not going to lie. I do love the idea of a pair of beige spongy shoes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Something you might get out of the back of a oh, Sunday supplement. Oh, mate, bring them in. Something that helps your heels. Something that helps you, Something that's good for your bunions. <laughs> yeah. And a sort of really nice, not flared, but a sort of nice, comfortable trouser. Yeah. 
with an elasticated waist. So remember the the uh, the what's the what's the folded line that you iron in? No. Pleat. Crease. Crease. Yeah. The crease heavily like ironed in on the front there. Oh yeah. No, no, it's part of the actual makeup of the trouser. Absolutely. You could light a match off it, that kind of material. Yeah. Old lady trouser material. Oh, I love it. And a sort of lavender coloured anorak. Bring it right <laughs> in. Is that what we're going to be wearing, Bush? Well, I, I do lament a bit the fact that people don't really wear full suits anymore. You know, like old oh, people used to? Oh, yes. And yes. I'd love to wear like a, a, like a full suit around town. A three-piecer. A proper three-piecer at the bus stop. Yeah. Wouldn't that be good? And if someone asks the time, I, I take a minute to wrestle it, be my timepiece from my little waistcoat pocket. <laughs> That'd be so good. I would love that. Oh. Pods. Right, Poddington 2. Oh. oh, I'll see what I did there. Is that your favourite film of 2017? Oh, without a shadow. And the good news is, old um, old Hugh Grant. That was my terrible impression. It's a good impression. Oh, it's bad. There should be some real filthy swear words in there, which obviously I can't do on on um, on our Poddington's. Fill bit. in the blanks yourself, you listen. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, go, ooh. Oh, no, it's turning into Prince Charles. <laughs> oh, I say. Ooh. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Hugh Grant is up <laughs> for a BAFTA for Paddington 2 for Best Supporting Actor. Is that one that we can vote for? Probably not. Can we vote? Are we not allowed no, to vote for the BAFTA? I think there's one. I think the Rising Star you can vote for. But oh. Huey, Huey. Is uh, is past the rising star. He is already a star in the firmament. I'm very very keen on Hugh Grant. Mate. You I'm just are get keen. That out there. Paddington too. Honestly, I, I just thought he was so funny, so brilliant. I hate to say it again, Mel. First time for 2018. If you love him so much, then why don't you marry him? <laughs> I feel really fickle because last year it was all about Andrew Scott. I know. I've totally forgotten about him now. Binned him, dumped him. Can barely remember. Oh yeah, it was Hamlet. Yeah, <laughs> quite good. Yeah, he's good in that. Um, <laughs> no, it's all about Grant, mate. Grant is having a resurgence. He is, isn't he? You know those actors that used to be the sort of juvenile, gorgeous young leads, mm-hmm. as we knew him in Four Weddings? Yeah, yeah. did that brilliantly. Yeah. He's past that. He's not going to get cast in those roles anymore. He is now entering a very, very fecund territory. Sort of baddie, slightly seedy, hilarious. He's like reinvented himself. Oh, he's brilliant. Do you have a favourite, don't you, Mel? What, is it like quarterly favourite? How often do you change your favourites? Was Howard from uh, Take That for a Bit? He's a perennial. He's, a He's perennial. always simmering underneath. Okay, He's then, always simmering. Then we had Andrew Scott for oh, quite a while. That burned brightly and swiftly. Yeah. And then burned out as quickly as it kind of started. Really. Yeah, it kind of did. Like a distant star. It's all about Hugh Grant now. Now right? it's all Hugh. Granty. Granty baby. I like the way he's going a bit grey as well. Really? Yeah. Love that man. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, right. Ooh, interesting. Flash mobs, yay or nay? Have you ever been part of a flash mob? No, I've seen a flash mob, though. You're kidding? I've seen them do it. Where where was it? No, but it was an awful one. I think it was at a train station, and it's one of those paid-for ones. You know where advertising companies jump in and try and ruin it for everyone by getting involved? What, like a sort of protein ball or something? Yeah, it was like that. And they were trying to do this fake kind of like gospel singing thing, like loads of people had come together and started singing in a train station about protein balls. So heavily pre-prepared, basically. Completely pre-prepared. Yeah, terrible. And and yeah, that made me just think, ah, to hell with it. I just moaned and and left the train station. Bush, I'm slightly worried you're becoming a little bit of a curmudgeon. (laughs) I think I am. 100% curmudgeon. Right, it's going to be my job in in 2018 
to prevent you, because I know being a curmudgeon is quite comforting. It is comforting. Very comforting. You set your expectations very low and you don't get involved in anything. And you can just really have a grimp and a grind and a a grinch about things. Grimp and a grind. I said I didn't go to the staff party for Christmas. But um, (laughs) I I worry though, yeah, if you don't get involved and help me out with this, Mel, I do worry that I'm going to get visited by the ghost of Christmas future, maybe ahead of this Christmas coming up. And we were talking on the show this week about the fact that quite soon we're going to be wearing comfortable uh, slip-on shoes. That's not a million miles away. So no. this is all, I don't know, mate. I've got, I've, got to, I've got to be alert for you. Keep an eye out for I'm going to have to keep, yeah. Red flag symbols going I'm going to be like a little bird on your shoulder. Yeah, come on, Bush. Yeah. Give it a go. Yeah, go, we can have fun. You can do adult breakdancing classes. It's never too late to learn. <laughs> I've never been part of a flash mob and I, I, they slightly scare me. Would you not like to be involved? There's something lovely about being part of a team that are doing something. You know something. me. Love being in a gang. Love being part of a gang. I've never been asked. I've never been in a book group, mate. You know oh. that's a gripe of mine. That's a, that's my gripe. I've never been asked to be in a book group. Well, let's ask all of our podcast listeners right now if you would like to invite Mel to your group, whatever it is. Maybe it's a knitting group, book group, flash mob. Get in touch now. Leave a comment. and uh, we'll... Maybe not Maybe not all, all of those groups. <laughs> But, but I've got friends. I know you've got I've friends. I've got close female friends. They're all in book groups. But they don't invite you. I've, and I'm so proud, I won't say to them, I've got a friend down the road. She keeps banging on about the local book group. I'm never invited, mate. Oh, man, we need to sort it out. I'll sort that out. So, OK, you get me into a book group this year and I'll stop you from being an old curmudgeon. Deal. I just want to, sorry, slightly continue the chat about are we dressing too young for our age? I can't wear trainers anymore, lads. Really? Tried on a pair, I thought, right, new year, new me. Went into one of those huge (sighs) trainer establishments, feeling a little bit put off. And I just thought, right, come on, let's go for a bold high top. Just looked (laughs) ludicrous. (laughs) I can't do it, lads. Can I, you I do, do it, Bush? Well, they're all bright colours now as well, aren't they? Yeah. Last time I tried a pair of trainers on like that, I looked like an e-fit from Crime Watch. <laughs> you know when someone kind of draws a man in running-type shoes that they saw on the high street that night? That's what I look like in it. Oh, it doesn't work. So we've got to say goodbye to that, have we? So what? what's the future for shoe wearing then if we're going to say goodbye to trainers? Spongy, mate. Sp- can you slip get me on, a pair of spongies? Slip on and spongy. <laughs> slip on and spongy. Um, now, listen, uh, which makes me think, actually, I was going to say something else for the Ledger of Ledger this morning, but I think I have revised my opinion Ooh. in light of our chat. A last-minute change of direction. Yes. Uh, this is the Ledger of Legends, if you're just joining us and you don't know what the heck's going on. Uh, it's a very, very special book. It's a bound book with a special cloth bookmark within it. Every week, we like to put something that we think is a little bit unsung. Yeah. Something that just gets, I don't know, shoved aside. Put something little on a pedestal and give it the credit it deserves. Oh, he's got it all in one. I guffed on for about two minutes. Bush got it in about six words. <laughs> Listen to him, not me. Uh, so, this week's Ledger of Ledge. Bush, please, I would like you to draw. Bush draws something every week, it's marvellous. I'd like you to draw, please, a beige, spongy, slip-on Oh, I would love to draw a beige spongy slip-on shoe. I'd like it, if possible, to have a ridge. You know the ridge that encircles <laughs> the shoe, like uh, an old geography teacher. Yes. Oh, I don't want to be. I don't want to diss geography teachers, but do you know what I'm saying? Can I ask you a question? Are these the kind of shoes that, if I was to shuffle along anyone's carpet, I'd work up an incredible amount of static electricity? Yeah. <laughs> Pair of those. Please, right up. can you do that in ink form? Waving your money at me, Bush. Way. You're all you 
all smug because you got a tenner in one hand and a fiver in the other. I got 15 quid, folks, <laughs> and it's all mine. <laughs> and I got the change because I had 20, so the change is in my pocket as well. Did you get sent it by an auntie <laughs> in, in an envelope? I love I that. I love that. Oh, didn't, honestly. Didn't you? Didn't I? I tell you two things, right? First off, it got to the point where me and my brothers used to open our Christmas and birthday cards face down. So that if the money dropped out, we'd just bag it and then not even look at it. <laughs> and how disappointed were you if you had an auntie that would sellotape pound coins in? Oh, I love that. What is all that about? Oh, I love oh, that. Oh, it's got to be a note mail. Come no, on. my great aunt used to send coins and she'd wrap each coin in a piece of tissue paper. Oh. It was adorable. I mean, this was it's like a message in, from a ghost. This was back in the 70s. You know, this was, <laughs> and, and you'd get sort of like two pounds or two pounds 20 or something. Oh, I used to oh. love that. No, I, I didn't like people who, who like sellotape the coins. And then also my granddad, my dad's dad, used to give me and my brother, like we were 10 at the time, boots, gift vouchers. Like who? What little kid needs boots gift vouchers? Matey, my mum gives me a boots gift voucher every Christmas, really, and every birthday, and I love it. <sighs> I've got a fresh one. I've literally got a fresh one. I haven't even broken into. I'm so excited. Will it be a sandwich? <laughs> Will it be a depilatory product? Will it be something to do with female hygiene? Who knows? Will it be? Will it be a toothpaste or? You can have. Anything. Possibilities are endless. I love a voucher, mate. Always remember that. Oh, it's Bush's red letter day. Is it National Voucher Day, Bush? What day is it? I wish it was. I wish it was. We're going to go for a whole month today. It's World Soup Month. Oh, my days. Love soup on this show. I love a soup, man. Love a soup. I've got three amazing facts about soup for you. Come on. First of all, number one, the remains of ceramic pots recently found by archaeologists suggest that the Japanese people were eating fish soup 15,000 years ago. Of course they were, mate. They were were just eating it 15,000 years ago. Of course they were. Bold as brass. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Fact number two. Good. The word soup does not occur in any of Shakespeare's plays or sonnets. Wow. It doesn't mention soup at all. It's almost like it didn't exist. It would have been sort of pottage or something. Probably something like that. It would have been an, an old precursor to soup. Like a stew. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. a stew. Oh, I love a stew. When does a stew become a soup? You see, for me, a soup can still be a soup when it's chunky. Yeah. But if the chunks get too big, then you're in stew territory. <laughs> so you're saying that it's based on the size of the chunks that yeah. makes it a stew. Yeah. Okay, it's a good clarification. Yeah. Fact number three. Come on. There's a German proverb that says, and I think this is a lesson for all of us in 2018... He who has once burnt his mouth always blows his soup. Oh, I like that. There you go, there you go. I, would you blow your soup? I think I would blow my soup, yeah. Would you? Nothing worse than getting your mouth burnt on some really hot tomato soup. I'm so greedy, though. I just go straight in. <laughs> just yeah. keep on going. I don't care. Um, Now, Bush, <laughs> I must ask you, how's your week been? Hey, Mel, thank you for asking. My week's been okay. Good. It's been a bit weird, though, in terms of observing stuff that I would like to have. Uh, for example... Uh, do you ever go on the tube or go in public transport? I you do see a lot, yeah. Japanese or Chinese people wearing masks. Yeah. Like those medical yeah. masks. Yeah. How do you feel about those? Well, I kind of want one. I I like the idea of it. As 2018 has got got going, yeah. I don't know if anyone else feels this way, I'm starting to get like more and more irked by kind of like grubby germs. things and germs, germs that other people germsies. do. Do you know what I mean? It feels a bit germsy at the moment, the whole well, of 2018. There is an absolutely horrible flu going around at the there moment. There is. Isn't it? I mean, a real, like people are being slayed by this flu. Aussie flu, I believe it's called. Oh, is it Aussie flu? It's Aussie flu. Aussie Osborne or Aussie... Aussie Australian. Oh, it's come from Oz. Australian flu. Is it? And what makes it Australian? I don't know. I think it kind of came over from Australia. Loads of people in Ireland had it. Yeah. And then now uh, it's coming over here. God, has it? Yeah. 
I, do you know what? I've often seen people with masks on the street and kind of thought, yes, I know what you mean. I thought, oh, how, should, I, should I be wearing one of those? Yeah. Would you look like a bit of a plum? <laughs> I think I probably would. But my, my kind of phobia of other people's germs is getting out of control. Oh, do you ever gosh. worry that you... Because it just starts off with taking a bottle of hand sanitizer around with you. Yeah. That's where it begins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, if you open the door handle and it's a bit wet when you go into the loo, yeah. that's gross. That's really grim. A lot of, we've talked really about this grim. on the show before. People at the moment don't know how to blow their nose. They, there's a lot of sniffers going yeah. on. Yeah. Also, in a restaurant, apparently if you handle the mint imperials as you leave... That is basically asking for trouble. Hundred percent. Even Isn't pick it? a mix in a pub. You know when they used to put it on the on the bar. My friend Jeff got ill with it. Jeff. Jeff. Good old Jeff. We haven't mentioned Jeff for ages. Well, I hate to bring How Jeff back he? in first time twenty eighteen to have a stomach bug, but he uh, had a bit of pick and mix in a pub. Oh. And got bad tummy. What in the last couple of weeks? Yeah. <gasps> Poor Jeff. Oh. So again, th- this is this, but you don't want to end up going the other way and turn into like, is it Howard Hughes? Yes. That old billionaire that yeah. kind of got yeah. so scared of getting germs, he kind of lived in a hotel on his own. Yeah, he li- he had the top floor, didn't he? He did. Mate, it's moderation. That's my very, very, very dull answer to your conundrum. Uh, clarify, what do you mean by mod- moderation? Well, we need germs, don't we? We need we germs in our system so we can fight off the other germs. If you prevent yourself Howard Hughes style from having germs, then you might end up, well, I, I'm not going to say, but you might end up dead. Right, OK, well, that's, that's pretty grim advice, isn't it? Yeah, so the mask thing... I suppose if you wore it, no one would know because you'd cover your face. Yeah, I'd probably put like a scarf in front or whatever as well. I think they should make those masks a bit prettier though. Or just even like uh, they could draw like a normal mouth and whatever and <laughs> people wouldn't know. That looks like a serial killer. That does look a bit weird. I, right. Oh, you, you've been looking for a sideline project, Bush. Yes. To make your fortune. Mm-hmm. This is it. You invent a mask uh-huh. that has maybe a paisley pattern on or polka dots or something like that that actually looks quite cool that you can make lots of money out of. I'd buy one. That's a great idea, like a knockabout fun medical mask, yes. rather than the slightly grim surgical ones yeah. that you see nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, right. I, I, would, I would veer towards something a little bit pretty. Or, like the cowboys used to do, of yore. Yeah. Um, you know, they'd have the old uh, cowboy scarf up over their nose. Like a neckerchief. Neckerchief. Because people wear these things for cycling all the time now because they don't want the fumes. How how long exactly. will it be? Again, getting ahead of the curve here. See me on Dragon's Den 2018. Yes, mate. Uh, you know, the head of the curve with people walking around with this stuff on. I think you need a range of vintage print surgical masks. Yes. Mate, I give you this magic every week. That this is a isn't... great idea. Let's go on Dragon's Den together. Hypochondria XL, we could call it, or something yeah. like that. That'd be so good. In sort of faded yellow and, you know, vintage Cotswold colours. Oh, rustic look. You know those shops that sell all those rusticy, you know, bags and rucksacks? Mate, surgical mask, it's it's the way forward. If you want part of the business, we can offer you a 15% stake. For can just, we? Oh, can we? Well, we need, maybe we need to talk about Can we go to the back of the room and talk about it like they do in Dragon's Den? Let's do that, matey. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> right then, Mel. Come on, my darling. Look at her little annoyed face. Look at Louise's little annoyed face. Don't uh, don't don't cross her with no. her technological skills, no. mate. She's very very strong, as we know. She she makes this Poddington yeah. uh, happen. She does. She does. Doesn't she? Sometimes, if you Without make a her. couple of comments about the computer breaking, she she flies off the handle. Yeah, she? she does. Yeah, she does. She does. Right, pod me up, old bean. Come Here on. Here we go. Question from the on? office. How go many on. drinks is too many drinks when it comes to the office Christmas party? Oh, wow. Old the school. office. Do you know what? I'm not going to lie, I didn't go to a single 
I went to one Christmas party. I didn't go to a single work Christmas party, Bush. No, me neither. <gasps> I never went to our one either. Did you not? I just didn't fancy it. Oh, Bush, what day was it on? It was like, oh, it was about three or four days before Christmas or something like that. About a week before Christmas. Well, which which of the two? They're different things. <laughs> which, so choose. This, was this it is near, really bad now. Was it near Christmas or was it a week before Christmas? Well, this this is the problem, Mel, because obviously we started this bit by taking the mickey out of producer Louise. I am now going to have to ask her for what date it is because I can't organise my own life. 19th. It was two weeks before Christmas. Wednesday, two weeks before Christmas. They're, oh, you see, oh, I, I, yeah, I can, I can relate. I think I got invited to about three things. Mm. One was a leaving do, which was sort of bound up with a Christmas do. Yeah, and then a couple of just Christmas do's. Didn't go to any of them. No, but I found it quite liberating knowing that you can be back home and not worried about having to get on like the bus or the train yeah. with loads of really drunk people. Yeah. Some people do you have to get state. drunk at a Christmas office do? You sort of do, don't I you? I think you kind of do. I think you can go there thinking, so I won't drink, I'll just have a glass of Coke. And then when everyone else is just so out of it, yeah. you, I think you can't beat them, join them. The best Christmas party do ever on film is in The Apartment. Have you seen The Apartment? I've never seen The Apartment. Oh, matey. Jack Lemmon, Shirley MacLaine. It is brutally, fantastically... Brilliant. It's yeah. the best film about anti-capitalism you will ever see. Really? I've oh, never really, I don't know anything about it. Billy Wilder, mate. 59, uh, I think. 1959. Black and white. New York. Oh, it's tragic and brilliant and, and wonderful. And there's a good Christmas party. Oh, yeah. but it's awful. It's awful, but also brilliant. There's this really, really drunk woman in an amazing outfit, sort of 50s outfit, on the table yeah. with kind of comedy um, Edna Everidge glasses. <laughs> And, it, oh, it's just marvellous. It's marvellous. I, I like the, the Christmas party or New Year's party in When Harry Met Sally. That's a good one when, you, oh. when, when he runs in to tell her something or something like that, I think. They're good in movies, actually, aren't they? Chris, yeah. Office Christmas parties. But they're never like what an actual office no. Christmas party actually really is. No. It's like you having your ear bent by John from Accounts for an hour. Oh, but Bush, he, John from Accounts is important. I know, but he gets, he gets, there are people at every office, every office party, that when you get stuck with them in the pub, you're trapped. You're blocked in. You're boxed in. Bush, John from Accounts, as we speak, <laughs> might be saying the same about us. That's a very good point, Mel. Oh, I got stuck with those awful presenters. What are their names? Oh, God, blabbing on about being a presenter. You know, we have to remember <laughs> this, Bush. We have to remember this. Boring old Andy Bush. God, he had me trapped for ages. <laughs> talk talk, talk about, about the good old days. Stationery and tidy tubes. Oh, <laughs> yawn. <laughs> oh, next Christmas, let's go to one. Let's do it. Yeah, let's I'm up do for it. it. Yeah, come on. We don't want to be thought of as, as old Grinches. Right, that's enough of your self indulgent warbling, missus. It's Mel G on Magic. It's time for Tell Mel. You know the drill, you know how this works. This is advice, but from the hip and often rather offensive. You can ask me anything. Hi, Mel, it's Chris. My postman wears shorts every day of the year, no matter the weather. How do you think he battles the winter? Chris, I didn't actually understand what you said there. Can we listen to that again? My Porthmorn, I heard. Hi, Mel, it's Chris. Yes. My Porthmorn wears shorts every day of the year, no matter the weather. How do you think he battles the winter? Good, Chris. I've understood you now. It's with my postman. And um, you said my postman. So my postman wears shorts every day of the year. I have nothing but respect for your postman. I have a friend, Chris, who wears those trendy shoes that Rick Astley wears. I've forgotten what they're called. Birkenstocks, I think they're called. They are a backless kind of slipper sandal shoe. I have a friend who wears those every day of the year. He'll probably live to the age of 109. I would give your postman a good embrace. Clasp him, Chris, and 
congratulate him on wearing shorts every day of the year. Next, please. Hi, Mel. It's Bill. My kids are 10 and 13 and both want PlayStation 4s in their bedroom. What do you think? Absolutely not, my friend. What is a PlayStation? In my day, my dear, it was a stick and a hoop. Get them one of those each. They'll be absolutely fine, or a cup and a ball. PlayStation? What is that? Oh, I mean, I'm absolutely fine if they have a station they can play with in the form of maybe a little track that goes around their room. But no, 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 absolutely not. Next, please. Hey, Mel, it's Ed. I've heard you say that Bushy's always doodling throughout the show. I do the same during work. Is there something wrong with us? Is it my hearing, my friends? I couldn't understand that either. Ed, speak more clearly. What did he say? Something about Bush doing loom all the way. Doodling! Bush was doodling. He is now... Ed, as we speak... As we speak, Bush has been doing a sinister doodle. It looks like a heart in biological form with something going through it. It's one of those biology pictures you had in your GCSEs. And a weird, weird man with a long face and a very, very ruffled up... Very anxious-looking man with a forehead. Yes, he always does, Ed. I don't know what it is. He's trying to tell us something. I'll get to the bottom of it. I'll get back to you. Ah, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Hear more scrofulous little bants like that every Saturday lunchtime from One on Magic. The Mel Gedroich Podcast. <laughs>